Welcome to Cancelled. We are back. Uh, back into Bunheads. Uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but schedules are what schedules are. But we are back here to talk. Episode 7 and 8 is the great Martha Kelly. Martha Kelly, how's it going? Hi. <laughs> Doing alright? Doing okay. A uh, little uh, recuperating still from traveling Sunday night. But Where were you uh, Sunday? Doing I was in California visiting my family, um, uh-huh. but my plane was delayed, so I got to bed at like 5 a.m. Sunday. Oh, no. So, How long was that delay? Well, the flight would have gotten in at 1 o'clock Texas time, so it, right. left, it was supposed to leave at 8 L.A. time. Yeah. But then it was delayed a little over an hour, and then I, when I get home, I have to walk my dog and sure. all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. I'm old, so it takes me two days to recover from a rough night <laughs> instead of one i'm the same uh we were both on a fun show last night at spider house ballroom yes um where we found where a couple comics found a one of those scooters that was someone had <laughs> left logged in so we were just riding that around the parking lot uh by we i mean mostly them and then i did it for like a minute and was like completely terrified the whole time but had to play it off like oh that was fun but someone take this away from me please that's what i I thought it would be terrifying so i didn't try it it's kind of scary i'm too old like i know what happens if i fall now (laughs) like like if i fall at this age it's not i'm it's like it's an issue you know what i mean i'm like gonna be laid up for a couple days it's not like the old days where i could just fall and roll it off or whatever yeah uh and like Riding on that scooter, you see a lot of potholes you don't normally notice while you're walking, and it's like that looks like Ugh. death. That looks like death. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pretend like I'm cool for two minutes, and then I'm just gonna go back to sitting down. <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's mostly where my wheelhouse is these days. Sitting mostly. I don't want to be on anything that has a motor and wheels unless it has the frame of a car to protect me from the out what I'm riding over. I'm the same way. I don't understand motorcycles. Like, they seem so scary. You're going yeah. way too fast. Like, at least a scooter, it's like, it goes up like two miles an hour or whatever. It's not like super right. fast. It seems fast when you're on it. Uh, but like, you're doing 70 just outside? That just, yeah, yeah. I don't, no not, thank you. Not a fan. Uh, although, I was drunk at a wedding in the woods and they had four wheelers and I was like, I'm four-wheelers and Maris was like no 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 you're not you're going to die and I was like come on you never let me do anything fun and then immediately someone came back with like just blood on their face because they like hit a tree or some shit they were oh fine God. but they were like yeah scratch. I was like oh maybe you're right maybe I don't need to I also tried to smoke a cigar that night I don't like cigars what am I doing I uh, I like four-wheelers, but only if you're someplace that's totally flat and nothing can happen. And there's no obstacles. Right. These were just, yeah. like, try, like going through the woods. Like oh, it yeah. Was, yeah it's, no. Seemed like a great idea at the time. Uh, much like Bunheads. No, that's not. That's a terrible segue. <laughs> I was trying to find a segue, but that didn't make any sense. Uh, episode 7 and 8. What did you think of these episodes? Um, okay, it it strengthened my feeling that they're, that the show is asking us to suspend disbelief way too much. Okay. Um, um. And, uh, yeah, and Michelle is just, um, just not, it's just, a, they just made this, I can't help but think that Amy Sherman Palladino is just writing characters that she thinks are her. And it makes oh, me feel like that who makes would... me real sad for her then yeah. because she is I, here. My, my I actually liked these two episodes. I think kind of the most so far in a way in that they start giving some like actual stuff to do. Like right. oh, Sasha's shittiness is actually coming around and having consequences, and right. like now those consequences are affecting Michelle, who has to like deal with being an adult and a teacher and whatnot. Uh, I I very much like the bonding that's happening between Michelle and Fanny, and uh, there's like a lot of stuff I really like. What I'm starting to understand that I don't like about this show is Michelle. Yeah, she is written. Way too incompetent to be an adult human being who survived on her own for thirty something years. Like, yeah, she got so. Episode seven, we'll start there. Um, she's teaching classes. Uh, she's overwhelmed because there's too many classes, and there's a lot of like really dumb. I found very dumb where she'd be like, 
oh, it's fine. My cardio, hip hop, reggae, country line. <laughs> like, she just throw a bunch of thing words, like string a bunch right. of words together. And it's like, I get it. But like, at one point, I think she said like hippity hoppity. And I'm like, don't, yeah. you're not, you're not my grandfather. You don't get to say like Snoopy dog dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, grow up. Also, the it starts that episode starts with her yelling at like four like year olds, really tiny children for having to pee. Yeah, and like, does anyone? You maybe you don't have kids and you're not around kids, but you remember being a kid. Does anyone really not know that a four year old is going to have to pee frequently? <laughs> also, like she, her way of trying to get them to like get like to understand she's like basically sits that like like all right everybody line up and this girl's like doing the pee pee dance like her legs are crossed she's like trying right. to pee and she's like when you're in dance you don't stop les miserables because you have to pee the show must go on and she has this like tries to give them this like rallying speech they are they're babies they're little yeah. tiny children you don't get to do that just and it, like she does go like oh and maybe we do this after you pee go pee go pee go pee or whatever but like you're that's my point about her being so wholly incompetent in all ways. Yeah. That she, like... So, the... She, there's a, she goes upstairs uh, into the dressing room. There's a leak in the in the, the ceiling in the studio. And she <laughs> is flummoxed to the point that she doesn't know... She tries to just use paper towels, which doesn't make any sense. There's also yeah. multiple, like trash cans and buckets and stuff around her that she doesn't even think to pick up for a while. When she yeah. finally does get a bucket, she, like, holds it in midair? Yeah. Of, like, where the leak is? Just put it... Do you not know how gravity works? I know. That drove me crazy that, really, she's 35 and and is completely thrown off by a leak? I don't... Here's the thing. Maybe you have not had a leak in your place. That's possible. But, like... You should understand the concept of a leak and what to do. Like, she is yeah. so bl- she has to call multiple people. She calls Fanny first, and I actually found that conversation. Like, she has this uh, like conversation where she's doing both sides of the conversation. She's like, "Well, what yeah. would you say if you were there?" And she kind of acts out this conversation that I thought was kind of funny and really influ- and really reaffirmed that like these last few episodes without Fanny have been a like I'm missing Fanny. Like, I want right. that energy. Uh, but then she has to call Truly, who's like, have you called the plumber? And she's like, oh, a plumber. Are you not an adult <laughs> who's lived on her own for, mo- like, from what I understand yeah. of her life, she has predominantly just been on her own since, like, a young age, right? Right, yeah. So, like, you haven't picked up basic life skills at this point? It really bothers me. And you really don't know that water, that water requires some kind of a container, like you don't know how water works. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, it's not even like she doesn't know. Like, oh, she's never owned a house, so she doesn't know how to work a septic system or like right. have an idea. You know, she's rented. She doesn't have to deal with that or whatever. That could. That's one thing. But like, she just doesn't understand basic. She is confused by how gravity would make water fall down. Like that is not a thing you need to learn. You just do. Like just living your life, you experience that. I yeah. find her and like and it is that incompetence. That is making her unlikable to me. Yeah, me too. I almost wish they had, if they were going to do that, they had just gone all the way and had it be like some uh, a spilled glass of water on a sink, and then she can't figure out how to dry it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She just <laughs> like, like if it's going to be that dumb and unbelievable. You yeah, know? she's constantly walking around with like the wrong like, shoes on on the on her yeah, other feet. Yeah, just and, like, like I just. Uh, what? <laughs> like it's so dumb, and it be- and it goes on to like more than that. Where so she uh, so later on, so so she's inept in that way. But then she's also inept like socially, where and I believe it's this episode, right? Where she uh, yeah, because she takes the kids, the girls out because the girls help her clean up after the plumber comes and right. uh, nice little. Uh, Thing for Gilmore Girls fans, the plumber is. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the character's name. He's in uh, the band in Gilmore Guy in Gilmore Girls. He he ends up marrying Lee, uh, the best friend. They have a kid together. The oh, guy wow. with the one eye that with the eye patch in this. That's like, uh-huh. that's Elaine or whatever. Um, so that was fun. But so he comes and he's the plumber. There's some backstory with him and Truly, which I thought was kind of fun at first. Um, until truly, it turns out to be a complete fucking lunatic. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, 
so the girls have to the girls help her clean up because the rug gets wet and Trulie's like you have to dry this rug or it's going to get mildew. So they sit there with hair dryers until the rug is dry or whatever. So it was a celebration. She's like, "Thank you for helping me out. I'm going to take everybody out for food. Let's go to the oyster bar where Boo works and get all, all right. the fried food in the world. Get whatever you want. It's on me." Um, I laughed at one point. She's like, "It's lobster night. Get lobsters." And Boo's like, "Don't get the lobster." I was like, "Yeah, don't get the lobster at that place. I wouldn't even get the oysters. Did you see how the oysters were? They're like sitting around, like, uh, like they're sitting at like the bar essentially, and there's just like a trough filled with ice with just oysters. I guess you're supposed to reach out and grab, but like, no, I don't. You need them fresher than that. Those look like they've been sitting around." I've never had. I don't like seafood, so I I didn't register how bad of a seafood place it right. was. Well, she but, goes to at one point. She's like, "Do you want a fr-, like?" She orders all this fried food, and she asks, "Boo, do you want a fried rectangle? How about a fried octagon or a fried whatever?" Because it's all just like by shape. I don't know what any of that food was. Uh, but so she's go. She starts talking about to that. So they basically tell her about all the rules that that Fanny has. Right? Fanny has all these crazy rules. You can't right. walk on sand. Uh, you can't be. You can't eat after sundown and don't be in the direct sunlight. She's like, "Are you gremlins?" She has all these really strict rules, and um, the blonde one, whose name I forget, Jenny. Uh, Jenny, yes, Jenny. Thank you. Has been dating the same boy since the second grade, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Obviously, it's also crazy to be dating someone in the second grade. And that like, is not a that's thing. That's not a thing. Exactly. <laughs> like, no one dates in the second grade. There was like, oh, I'm on the playground, I'll chase you or whatever, but that's not... Yeah. You're not dating. At seven? Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> as is her mom, who we'll get to in a minute. Oh, yeah. Her wildly damaged bummer of a mom. Yeah. Um, they talk about how she's only dated this one girl forever, and Michelle goes on about how, like, oh, you don't even understand. I was, when I was your age, I was wild. I was dating different boy every night. Sometimes I'd do it in shifts. There was six to nine, and yeah. nine to eleven, and then sometimes it would be a midnight snack or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> which, like, yeah, it's perfectly reasonable to tell 16-year-old girls to date, to, like, experience this. it's crazy for you to have been in a relationship for nine years and you're 16 right uh, <laughs> you should be dating multiple boys and you should be test seeing what's out there and living a life that's perfectly reasonable it's not reasonable for you to just sort of try to be friends with these children yeah because you're not their friend you're their teacher and there's one thing to be open to them and willing to share your life experiences or whatever but this bonding felt like she was just like I'm trying to be one of the girls and you're 30 something so that's weird yeah that's weird and also like a different boy every day (laughs) it's a a little different than dating around yeah Yeah, that means that you don't want to get to know anybody if you You won't see anyone more than one day yeah you just want a free meal I think is what you're trying (laughs) to do like that doesn't yeah that is I didn't want to be like I don't want to judge I'm not trying to slut shame and I'm not even saying that she was sleeping with all those boys I don't think that was the case but yeah a different person every day is not dating that's just you like not wanting to go home like that's like kind of a bummer I also before yeah it's weird that she tries to be their friends um, and then, but before that is a scene where Michelle is teaching old, the older people class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's like acting like she's exhausted. Right. And just like uh, I wrote for a career dancer, she sure seems to hate dancing. <laughs> she definitely doesn't like tap dancing. She doesn't like dancing and she's way more exhausted than any of the people 40, 30 years older than her. <laughs> Why? Why is she so tired? That's very true. Also, like, I guess the idea was supposed to be in that scene that, like, she's teaching all these classes because Fanny's away and, like, it's catching up to her. But the other classes just appear to be her, like, taught, like, She's just telling people what to do. She's like yeah. telling the little girl, the ballet girls, how what moves to do. She's not actually like for whatever reason. In this one, she's actually tap dancing. But right. if you can't tap dance for seven minutes, like it's one song. She's complaining. Yeah. She's like, this song feels so much longer than I remember. Very weird. Yeah, I I just didn't buy it. And um, uh oh, can I say one thing about Davis, the one-eyed guy? Yeah, by all means. That they make this really dumb joke about twice about 
No one hires him for plumbing. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but they hire him to keep an eye on things. And right. they do it twice to emphasize that it's a corny joke about him having one eye. But it's right. also like you're making fun of somebody with one, one eye. One eye? Yeah. It seems like not the nicest move. Also, he seemed to be a perfectly competent plumber. Yes, he does <laughs> He seem- just fixed the problem. Well, yes, he had to punch holes in the wall to find the pipes to figure out where the leak is. But, like... You have to do that. That's part right. of it. Like, you can't just, uh, like, you know what I mean? You have to yeah. find the, pl- the plumbing and whatnot. So she's reacting because she didn't expect it. But also there's a gag in there where she punched a hole in the wall. Yeah. Well, she back, like, collapses against it yet again, exhausted. Oh, that, I missed Veg- that. Vegas dancer. <laughs> yeah. You'd think she'd have some cardio with yeah. all that dancing she'd have to do. She's exhausted from just flapping her hands helplessly and not knowing what to do about the water coming down. Right. To the point where, so he comes in, hi, he's like, all right, you're fixed. Uh, you can bring in the drywall people to fix the walls or whatever. Um, but then later on that night, there's another leak, right? Right. Her solution to which appears to be curling up next to it and going to sleep. Yeah. Because she just wakes up the next morning next to the leak. Yeah. That's an insane move. She's so... We don't see her getting drunk or high, but she just, yeah, curls up on the floor and goes, that's something I I would do if I was drunk or high. Right. (laughs) If I was too drunk, I'd go, okay, I'll just sleep here and I'll figure it out in the morning. But that's not the case. Um, It's weird. Also, what did you think about Davis... Coming out and critiquing the girls dancing for no reason. Uh, I thought it was very weird, but it made me laugh. I would be lying if it didn't make. I said it didn't make me laugh. He just says at one point flat out. I wrote it down. He goes like, he's like you with the big ears. It's like right. uh, you don't look like you'd have a speck of grace in you, but you, <laughs> but you do. Like he's like the most backhanded compliment. It's a weird move, but like and inappropriate. But also, like, that's kind of their... The universe is quirky characters saying dumb things. Like, that's... Was Gilmore Girls, it's this. So, like, that didn't bother me so much, I don't think. I Not- think that, to me... Uh, and I haven't seen... Uh, I've Maybe I've seen less than one total season of Gilmore Girls. Okay. And intending to watch all of it, because I love it. But on Gilmore Girls, the characters... Um, idiosyncrasies are not unbelievable. Sure. But on this, like, it's like every single person who steps into the show does something that no one in the real world would do. No, no, no plumber (laughs) would just, yeah. Especially because it's teenage girls that he's looking at and just be like, I've been studying you and here's who's good and bad. (laughs) also weird. He also says, I, I eventually, like, uh, truly comes out and is like, back to work. You're not here to judge the fucking dancing or whatever. And he just looks at the group and goes, gazelles. And turns around <laughs> and leaves. It's very strange. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. There is a lot of weirdness. Partic- Let's talk about truly for a second. So sh- so after the, cr- after the dinner that the girls, she takes the girls out to, Michelle comes home. To the studio and finds Truly and the one-eyed plumber making out. And prior to that, they're like she's been very anti-one-eyed plumber. Truly's been like, "You hired this guy? What are you doing?" Blah blah blah. Right. Uh, and then she comes home to find them making out, and it's they both freak out. Everybody kind of everybody wildly overreacts because it's like two single adults are kissing. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what why this is a huge deal. Particularly yeah. at one point, she's like. This is the kids' dressing room. You can't do that in here. What? Why not? Like, yeah. it's just a room. You're not like the kids aren't around. Yeah. It's such a weird reaction for Michelle to have. Like, yeah. I can understand truly being embarrassed. You know what I mean? Oh, you walked in. Oh, you caught me. Whatever. But, like, for Michelle to freak out seemed real weird. Especially since she slept there. <laughs> Absolutely. Why, why are you getting mad at other people doing stuff? Um, We find out in a just crazy it, it was very, I I like Truly as a character I think she's quirky and funny in a way that like is normally at least a lit like 
it's not 100% believable, but it's ju- it's like 11 as opposed to 20, right? Right. If you go from like 10 to 11, it's not 20. It's like just too much, but enough that like she's funny enough that I can kind of hang out. Right. Her uh, reason why she freaks out, so Michelle goes to like pay to apologize for like making a scene when she walked in on them, which she should do. That yeah. was very rude of you. Uh, and the fucking reason truly gives for not for freak why she freaked out so much is that she's not over Hubble. Yeah. And she feels like she's cheating on Hubble. Ugh. And you were not with Hubble. Yeah. They dated like years and years ago, right? There was something between them way, way, way in the past. And I... that was it. And in between that time, Hubble married someone else. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, does it seem like, I feel like I'm cheating on Hubble. Is that crazy? Yes. Yes, it's very crazy. Yeah. Um... I mean, to even even Michelle wasn't didn't really have a relationship with Hubble. <laughs> they were married sure. for one day, right? So it's weird. Yeah, it's not believable that Truly would be feeling guilty. Yeah, yeah. It was just it's just too much. It is too much of a, of a reaction. Uh, where it's like, yeah, just go make out with the plumber or whatever. And then what annoyed me from a, from a writing standpoint. Is Michelle tells her, like, uh, you know, I, I spent, like, hours coming up with one-eyed plumber jokes. Ugh. Uh, and Truly's like, fine, go ahead. Now, that setup implies that she's going to make a bunch of dick double entendres, right? Like, the one-eyed thing oh. is, like, a penis. I'm assuming <laughs> that's what she would, like, when she said it, I was like, oh, she's got a bunch of clever double entendres about a wo- Right. She has no such thing. She just <laughs> asks them. A, she just asks. They're not even jokes. She just goes like, "Oh, did it, how was his eye patch? Did, could, did, was there a depth perception problem? Like those oh, are yeah. just legitimate questions. Like <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. You came up with jokes. It's also I just realized so truly. If it had been written better, she could have said something that would make sense. Of like, I've spent my whole adult life pining. For this guy, Hubble. Right. And being with someone else makes me feel like I wasted my time now that I'm with a real guy or something. It's, yeah, that it's would make it's so just, much more sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that does not happen. Yeah. The other th- part of this that we're missing is uh, when the initial leak happens, she sends the girls to go dress in her little bungalow. Oh, yeah. Right? Because like, first she's like, you have to, you're have you going to have to go get changed with the boys, but they're like, that's gross, we're not doing that. Uh, so you're like, you got to go get changed in my little bungalow. To which the girls immediately just start rifling through all her belongings, which yeah. I guess can be interpreted as cute, but this came across like creepy, because it wasn't even like they were like, oh, this thing, this thing on the shelf, I'll look at this, or like, oh, what is this like post, like, you know, or just a piece yeah. of mail. They're, like, digging through her drawers and finding, like, really personal shit. Yeah. At one point, they find this, like, stuffed Raggedy Ann doll that's clearly very old. And it's been stitched back together a bunch of times or whatever. And they have this, they're like, oh, what, maybe she's crazy and she talks to the dolls at night. It's like, what? Yeah. And people are only, the only decent person amongst any of you is Boo. Because Boo's like, hey, let's not do this. This is weird. Yeah. Um, Sasha is back. She's, like, missing at first. In the beginning of the episode, they're like, oh, we haven't heard from Sasha. She shows up, and they're like, oh, you probably got in trouble because of the last episode where they snuck out at night and took the car or whatever. Uh, they didn't take the car. They just, she fell through the, the convertible top or whatever. Right. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, I didn't get grounded. They sent me to a spa, and they gave me a credit card. She's got, like, a credit card with her name on it. Now, right. I'm going to assume they didn't send her to a spa. I'm going to assume there was some other shit happening that we'll find out about. Because okay. that's fucking nuts like um my assumption is that they had they had to go to some sort of therapy thing or whatever because the last thing we see with the parents is like the parents are having a serious fight about the father's gay love that's leaving town or whatever right uh, and like full-on shock mode so i'm assuming there's something more happening that we'll find out about about later but they do give her a credit card sasha then steals a t-shirt from uh, Michelle's little bungalow and shows back up in the t-shirt and Michelle's like that's my t-shirt and she's like no it's not like, yeah it fucking is my t-shirt like I know like I got it from a very like in a very specific instance 20 years ago or whatever 
Right. Uh, it's got my name in it. And right. Sasha's like, no, it's not your t-shirt. Like, Sasha's like, her shittiness is coming to a head, and I actually find that kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, to the point where she then shows up late for that class, and you're not supposed to be late. That's like rule number one of Fanny's is like, you can't be a minute late. And she's like 15 minutes late. So Michelle has to go, like, have this fucking talk, and she's like yelling at her and telling her, like, I don't... She says, in this... At least explains Michelle's character a little bit. She says, like, I'm not a disciplinarian. I'm not a grown-up. At least I don't want to be. And it's like, okay, you're at least just saying the fact. Like, at least you're, at least your character is self-aware enough to know that you're not a fucking grown-up if you can't handle a leak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I did kind of like that. Uh, but also, you could be... You could be someone who is an adult and competent to some extent and also not want to be the boss of some teenagers. Absolutely. That's that's very true. It doesn't have to be. I just found her whole I'm a giant kid. I can't stand it. It was, well, here's how little I liked it because it went too far. I was like, okay, at least this is happening. But then, in a very crazy moment, uh, so Jenny, we find out that Jenny has broken up with Josh, I think his name is, the right. boyfriend from second grade. And we find out because Jenny's mom shows up to yell at Michelle for putting these crazy ideas in her head. And what she's mad about is she's like, you don't understand you know how hard it is to raise a, a, a single, be a single parent and raise a child by yourself. I had this boy who would come over and fix things. He had a ladder. I don't have a ladder. He takes out the garbage. What am I supposed to do if, without this boy like taking care of me? And it's like, he is a child. You're an adult. Yeah. Everybody's relationship in this town is fucking dysfunctional. <laughs> like, like at yeah. least Boo's relationship with her mom is like loving, right? Yeah. It's not the best. It's, it's, it's not that... Boo doesn't have to take care of her mom in that way. She does right. try to, like, oh, let's eat healthier, let's whatever, which is perfectly fine, uh, particularly since Boo has to try to constantly be dieting because of the ballet thing or whatever because she thinks she's too big. Uh, so, like, that's one thing to be like, oh, you and me, we're going to eat salads this week or whatever, as right. opposed to, like, this woman who was a successful real estate agent who also needs a 15-year-old to, like, change light bulbs in her house or whatever. Yeah, and then also it's never addressed how shitty it is that Josh cancels their anniversary plans. Woo, to put to together do. the mom's entertainment center because the dad took the entertainment center when he left? Like, like what mom... Uh, it makes me crazy. It's it's crazy, and it's the crazier part is that she made so the Jenny had planned all this stuff for their anniversary, and Josh calls and says, "I can't do it because I have to put together this entertainment center for your mom." Uh, but the mom says, "Like, and, but the end of that is that oh, your mom's going to take us to the new sushi place afterwards." Uh, your mom shouldn't be taking you to an anniversary dinner yourself. Yeah. Like she can drive you, maybe you're 15 or whatever, but she's right. not. She shouldn't be there. That is so like the boundaries in this. Like nobody has boundaries in this town. Yeah. So it's she shows up to weird. yell at Michelle. It's really a bad... I mean, she yells at Michelle in front of, like, the other parents. It's a whole thing. Then Boo's mom, like... Michelle kind of runs off. Boo's mom goes to follow up and see if she's okay. And, and like, the... Like, so Michelle starts going on about, like, I never wanted to be this disciplinarian, blah, blah, blah. And Boo's mom is literally feeding her, like, a juice Ugh. box and some cookies. You're a 36-year-old woman! You should be embarrassed. I also, I move that we start calling Michelle a forty-year-old woman just to <laughs> make it. I mean, back. I'm throwing out numbers. I have no idea how old she's supposed I to would, be. I'm guessing thirty-five or thirty-six. Yeah. But I think I think that's how the character is supposed yeah. to be. I don't know how old she is. Um, yeah, and that juice box and cookies thing drove me bananas. Like what? That's not how adults cope with things. A literal juice box? I don't think. Here's how much of a problem I have with that. Boo's mom, Boo doesn't want a fucking juice box. Right. Right? Oh, to be fair, they do have another child that Boo's mom keeps referencing. That she At one point, she shows up late to pick her up or something. and uh, Or it's the wrong day. She's not supposed to be there yet or whatever. Yeah. And she goes, oh, no, I left your brother at the, at the uh, produce stand at Ruby's Market. That's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> you left a child who's clearly a child that's 
too young to be left at a brother's stand. Right. Like, that's, yeah, uh, that's also not okay. I feel like it's all of these things are Amy Sherman Palladino going, oh, I know what'll be quirky. Right. And there's no, like, well, make, make, work a little harder and make it believable. There also should, here's the thing. There needs to be a baseline of reality so that other people can be quirkier, right? right. So, like, in Gilmore Girls, yes, you've got Lorelai, uh, and you've got Rory, and you've got uh, the di- the guy who was a diner, I'm drawing a blank, but you have these people who are normal human beings, they run businesses, yes, maybe they're not the best at, like, their, like, romantic relationships, but that's just the heart of television, but, like... On a whole, they are normal, grounded human beings right. who then almost have to deal with this quirky world where right. they've got this guy who's always coming up with weird schemes or this, what you know what I mean, the, the weird neighbors. These In this, it's like, Michelle isn't grounded. Right. Hubble wasn't grounded. They're, the basis of the show is so fanciful that the quirkiness seems so much more crazy on top of it, I think. I agree. I also also can we just say real quick, fuck Boo's brother. I want him dead. I thought it was a lot to yell for a fifteen year old, but he it, it's too much. You have written him too villainous. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a total dick. Um, I I do I do love though. So when Ginny's mom is yelling at Michelle, mm. and then. Um, when she's done and goes to leave and the camera moves, you see these two adults in the background that you never saw come in. Right. It went from, like, a room full of teenage girls dancing, right. one mom coming to pick them up and yelling, and then when she leaves, you realize, look, were those people there the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh really hard because it just seemed like a mistake, but I love... Uh, I love they were just back there like they were at a grocery store or something. (laughs) It was so weird. Uh, Episode 8 may be my my favorite episode yet entirely because of Fanny's storyline and Fanny being back. Uh, This show, if I know one thing from watching this episode, is that you can't do the show without Fanny. Right. You need that relationship to, like, bring some reasonable heart to this show. Right, although I would say that even Fanny is not grounded with her whole bill-paying Obviously, thing. For, for certain. But at least when it comes to, like, I would say she's the most emotionally grounded. She may not be right. responsible with, like, obviously the bill-paying and whatnot. But, like, when you have the quiet moments with her even talking to Michelle about this relationship with Mike... This yeah. man will be introduced in this episode. Her moments with Mike feel very genuine and very, yeah. like, I don't want to say age appropriate, but like appropriate for a, a couple that have known each other for decades, which we're supposed to believe is this case, right? Right. They have this comfortableness and this like routine almost that just felt genuine and real. Whereas nothing else does. Like I, Michelle's reaction in this when she goes on her date is fucking crazy. I agree. Can I say two quick things oh, about episode yeah, seven? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One is that um, we're supposed to believe that Michelle put French fries in Boo's salad. <laughs> I forgot. So Boo's eating a salad at dinner. She keeps talking about, oh, the salad's so good, the salad's so good. And she tells him she put French fries in it. Like, you're not going to notice. Like, you couldn't, your mouth wouldn't notice the different consistency mm. between lettuce <laughs> and French and- fries. Yeah. I- also, she goes, I put like three packets of sugar in your water. Doubt you would also notice that. Also, I have another problem with that because it's so dumb. So they're at dinner, right? And it's the dinner. It's, they're eating at the restaurant where Boo works, and Boo's shitty teenage manager keeps coming by and going like, yeah. "Oh, they need water at this table. This table needs there's dessert." And Boo keeps popping up and be like, "I'm on it." And Michelle is telling her, "You're off the clock. You don't have to do that. Like, stop doing that." Until. The end of that scene is the payoff was the teenage boy comes over and is like, I need somebody tall to get the pickles off the top shelf. And there's like a beat and Michelle's like, oh, you mean me? And she runs off to go help the fucking kid. No! One of you be an adult! It made me so mad. Like, I was like, it's just, because it's also, I know you're trying to be funny and yeah. it's not. It's just, it just falls flat and is stupid. Like, I just didn't yeah. like it. 
I agree. And then my my other beef is that at the very end of the episode, when Charlie, Melissa, Melissa's brother, the mean brother. Mm. Oh, yeah, he's the worst. When Boo tells Ginny that he want he likes her. Yeah, and uh, she, Charlie tells at, like calls Boo over. And says, oh, what did Jenny break up with whoever? And she's like, yeah. She's like, oh, Jenny's hot. Putting a word for me or whatever. Right, and then. And when Boo first tells her and she acts all happy, I was like, oh, does she not know? And then she says, oh, I know you like him. Right. Why are you? That's such a cunty move. (laughs) It's so horrible. And they try to cover it up a little bit by having her say, like, she goes, like, oh, I'd never date him. I know you're into him, but, like, it's nice to know I could, essentially, she says. Like, it's nice to know somebody's into me. But have a moment... And temper your reaction to this news and think that this boy, who you know your friend likes, just asked your friend to tell him, to tell you that he likes you. Imagine how shitty that is for Boo and be a human being for five seconds. Yeah, and also she does say I would never date him, but then like a minute later she says, with a giant smile on her face, I could date Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never. Boo's clearly crushed. Yeah, no, that was very. And she also says, like, I never thought of him. He was always just Charlie, but now he's like, Charlie. And I was like, yeah. shut up. He's such a dick, it cancels out. He's They're- a dick to the point where it's like, I almost no longer... He He's not unlikable. He's too villainous to be like a real person. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, this kid's a piece of shit. You're writing a good piece of shit. But they've taken that so far where it's like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, human beings don't act like this. I've always yeah. said, there's always a shit. Uh, there was a movie when I was a kid. It's this goofy horror movie, right? Uh, Night of the Creeps, I believe. Where one of the characters, like the main character's friend has, uh, the like, not crutches, like the permanent crutches with the arm brace, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And But the school bully, like, trips him. I've been to high school. There's bullies don't... No bully... That's too much of a bully. Bullies don't trip the handicapped kid while they walk <laughs> past. That is... No, the rest of the school will be like, what the fuck are you doing, you psychopath? Like, bullies pick on reasonably abled kids that are just lower on the social scale. You know what I mean? I have or maybe some they're fatter heart- or whatever. I have some heartbreaking news for you, Chris. Okay. Um, the disgusting garbage people I went to high school with, the football players did pick on and harass the mentally, uh, developmentally disabled kids. Oh, boy. And I, whenever I saw it, I would cuss them out. Sure. But they don't don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, we had a couple of, of like, the mentally handicapped kids or the developmentally challenged. I'm I'm sorry, I'm bad with words. Um, (laughs) But, like, you... So there was a kid that used to be called Rappin' Steve. Because he would come into the lunchroom, and he'd come up to your table, and he'd be like, you, know, uh, you want to hear me rap? And you'd be like, yeah, Steve, go on and rap. And like, people would make a beat, and he would then rap the worst non-rhyming rap you've ever heard in your life. But then people would be like, oh, good, yeah, way to go, Steve. Uh-huh. Like, no one would, like, yeah. bully Steve. Uh, so that bumps me out about your high yeah. school. I think maybe the generational gap, there is a couple of years between us, yeah, so maybe, ten. like, I feel like now even less so, right? Like, kids yeah. have gotten more... Yeah, so I was in high school from 82 to 86. And, yeah, I don't think it's just that. I think it's also I I went to school school with some really bad people. (laughs) I still, mm, I hope something bad happens to them. Yeah, they should. Something bad, like like jail. They're not. uh, Most of them that were dicks. There were good kids there, too. But the ones that were dicks are still dicks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Episode 8. I really like this episode a lot. Again, because of Fanny being back. Um, Fanny, we find out, has a, uh, let's call him a gentleman friend. Yeah. That, uh, he is a, uh, piano, he's like a piano player, he's a musician, so he travels all the time, he tours all the time for work, and whenever he comes to town, whenever he's home or back in the town, they like to spend time together, he says. Michelle right. discovers him the, in the morning, he's wearing, like, he's clearly in, like, pajamas and a robe, he's clearly spent the night. Uh, and he's making breakfast. Uh, I like the ease at which he's like, "Oh, hey, you must be Michelle. Let me make you like have some breakfast." He like they. I do thought I thought the writing of how much he kind of knew about the place got across. How like 
this is uh, this is uncommon for him. Like so, he's like yeah. trying to make these eggs, and he's like, oh, he's out of he's out of cayenne pepper. She's got to have some more around here. She opens this drawer, and goes, I knew it. He always, she always sticks them behind the she always puts the spices behind the sandwich bags, and it's like, okay, that's actually written well without coming across and saying like, hi, I'm Mike. I stay here sometimes. Right. It's a better like getting that idea across in, in conversation. I thought was good. Um, I just thought of something though. It just occurred to me. Mm. Because I agree with everything that you feel about their relationship. Why is she, if she has this relationship with this really neat guy, right. why is she still living with her son? They make the, be- the premise of the show is that they couldn't, the son, Fanny and Hubble, couldn't separate. That they were a dysfunctional mother, adult son. I, that is my only issue with this whole relationship and the way they try to explain it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Where, uh, so there's a couple conversations where Michelle kind of sits down to Fanny and it's like, oh, tell me about Mike. Like, when did you, how did you meet? And the, I thought, I actually really like most of that writing of like, oh, we met at this jazz club and, you know, he was the like he messed up his song because he was checking me out or whatever, like these moments. And like, he wasn't married, neither was I. And like, uh, or the husband, her husband had just left or whatever. Um, I just, I, I really, I think mo- a lot of it's Fanny's delivery, but it's just, it just felt very genuine and real in a show where very little does. But she says that basically at one point, Michelle goes like, you obviously, you know, you've been doing this for 20 years. Have you ever thought about, you know, making this a real, like a permanent, like a real thing, a real relationship? You, it, mm-hmm. It's so transient. Uh, and she says, we did talk about it once, but Hubble was so young uh, and uh, his father just left that, that he got to, Hubble got so mad when he heard about it that he like smashed the model plane he was working on or whatever. And she's like, we never brought it up again. Well, that's odd. Because that's like, dumb. I get... I do understand you have a young son. He has just lost, or his father's just left. I, I left or died. I think he just left. Yeah. Um, he has a bad reaction. I could see you going, you know what? It's too early for that. Obviously, he's not ready. I have to have some consideration for him. We can continue to have this relationship and maybe revisit it. But, like, 30 years later, like, I, I, yeah. I'm picturing Hubble at that time, like, 10, like, maybe a 10 or 12-year-old. And Hubble dies in his maybe 40. Yeah. So, like, in the next, you don't talk about it again for twenty eight years. Like, that's an, that's insane. It is. I'm a quick uh, side note. Do you think I can meet someone as nice as Michael if I start going to jazz clubs? <laughs> I think the day of meeting nice people in jazz clubs is over. I think now <laughs> you will just meet really pretentious. Like, imagine. Really picture in your head who's going to jazz clubs right now. I are there even jazz clubs in Austin? I think there's. Well, the Elephant Room, I think, is a is a jazz club, okay. so to speak. I think it's on Congress. Um, I never go out to any clubs, sure. so except comedy clubs, right? And you can't meet any decent people there. We know that, well, we know I that meet. For a fact. I often meet drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other thing is. Hummel is, I'm sure, the actor because of when I was a teenager and when he was in sure. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah. He's like late 40s or 50s. Sure, sure, sure. And also, she could have just, if your husband just left and, you're, and it's, of course, traumatizing your kid. Right. If you meet someone, you just don't talk about your dating life with your kid until right. enough time has passed. Right. You don't just go, well, I got to... I met this wonderful guy, but I guess I'll never date again. But he, well, that's the thing. She's not never dating again because she is dating him. Right. Just like in a in a very, she goes, we keep it. Ca-, she says we keep it casual and it works great. She says early in the episode, but then later it's clear that like it's more than casual. Yes, it's, yeah. he doesn't live in this town, but like you have a very clear relationship with. That you have fought like that is comfortable and and loving and giving and like all of the good things, right? Uh, and to the point where when she does it, she when they're at, she does at one point say like maybe you don't have to rush off right away. And he's like, oh, I wasn't going to rush off. And she's like, you know, I miss you. Like, and he says, oh, well, I'll stay as long as I can. And then I, I, we haven't watched the next episodes. I'm hoping he sticks around for a few episodes. Me too. Um, because he does, he even as a traveling jazz pianist feels very real 
Right. You know what I mean? In the way that... So, so there's kind of two relationships happening in this episode. Not really relationships, but, I mean, one is. So Mike and Fanny are clearly a relationship. And then, in a very, I don't know what was happening here, Fanny tells uh, Michelle, I've got these tickets to a play in L.A. I want you to come with me. Right. Uh, it's supposed to be very funny. I have a couple of problems. I have a number <laughs> of problems with this. There's a, like, when she sets this up, she tells her, like, the name of the play is... Well, it's uh, blank up and let's do it or something like that. But she says blank. And so what does blank up mean? She says, oh, no, it's a, that word is a profanity, so they can't put it on the playbill. But when you go to the play, we'll solve that mystery. We don't solve the mystery. They never tell yeah. us what the fucking word is. And they spend like three minutes on it at prior where she's like, oh, I'm going. Her yeah. acting. That's the other problem with Michelle is she's not a very good actor. She There are moments but when she's trying to be, like, cutesy funny, it's the fucking worst. She goes off in this thing where she's, like, trying to imagine what swear word could the yeah. blank be. Oof. And she's like, ooh, that's funny, but it doesn't make any sense. She goes, ooh, you're a naughty one. I haven't thought about you in a while. And it's like, what are you? Your <laughs> human beings don't talk like this in any way. It is very, it's what you said last time. It's very campy. I don't know, I don't think you used that word, but yeah. very campy and very... Um, live theater show where everything, it's all so acting is over. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I'm curious as to where this play is because it appears to be a high school gym, like a high school auditorium <laughs> at best. They have like the oldest wooden seats I've seen ever. Yeah, that's weird. And then for no reason, there's just some cunt who <laughs> won't let them walk That's past so, yeah. their seats. And they're early. The show, the show hasn't started. started. And the woman's like, you should have gotten here earlier. What are you talking about? Yeah, that, that whole interaction bothered me. And that interaction sets up almost the entire experience of the play. Because right. she keeps talking about how shitty she is. And then she has to go to the bathroom during intermission. But she has some routine where she waits to the last minute. And then she doesn't have to wait online. But, of course, she gets stuck out there. I didn't know that if you're at a play and you go out during intermission and you miss the curtain call, you can't get back to your seat? I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either because I have made it my sworn duty never to attend plays. <laughs> <laughs> I will never go to a play. Have you been to a musical? Um, no, I mean, I've been, when I, like, I've been to a couple plays, but, ugh, I don't, the last play I went to, um, was someone in a 12-step program bought a bunch of tickets to a play about the life of Bill W. Ooh, who founded, uh, and, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, I know, I've yeah, and I, as a sober alcoholic, uh, it it still didn't. I still didn't like it because I don't Why? like that plays. Also, I would like to say, oh, so yeah, like a bummer. There's no way that's like a fun time at the theater. But from what I remember, the the point of the play. This is the thing about some factions of sober alcoholics mm. is this need to make it into a story of um redemption and we won we overcame something and now we're the good guys and we used to be, be the bad guys when really it's just um it's a lifelong thing mm. it's and it's not uh it's not a win. So they right. tried to make it seem like, look what he did, this happy ending where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he he still had severe depression. Yeah. He took acid after he quit drinking. <laughs> like, there's just a, he had some issues right. with women, with other compulsions. Like, sure. But yeah, I don't like plays just because I, it's hard to, when you're watching a movie um, or a TV show, you're not in the room with, with the, people the people acting. 100%. But there's something about being in the room that it's like, I cannot, for the life of me, believe that they're not... The, the, well, they're clearly not, because I'm watching yeah. you with a painted backdrop and, like, yeah. two chairs trying to pretend you're in a car. Like, I get it. It doesn't... Yeah, absolutely. I also don't... I've also never been to a play. I've been to a couple musicals, and to me, that's more... That's fanciful enough, like... That that kind of falls into the world of TV and and movies where it's like oh you're dancing and singing and maybe swinging by on a rope or whatever it's like that's I don't need to yeah. believe that this is I don't need to believe you're actually the Phantom of the Opera like it doesn't <laughs> it's not really getting across for me I uh, will I will say one quick thing in junior college a friend was in a Shakespeare play 
Shakespeare's plays are the one exception because his writing, his insight into human nature and the writing and the, it's just, it was a comedy too, which yeah. helps. That was neat because it was such a, there's such an ornate, yeah, it was like a production, whatever sure. thing to Shakespeare. But otherwise, just if it's just somebody having a, Having a time, I can't. <laughs> uh, when I was in seventh grade, I was in the school musical How to Eat Like a Child. And uh, basically it's, oh, when you're a kid, you get icing on your face. It's And you sing stupid songs about being a kid and eating. It's really bad. In seventh grade? Seventh grade. It, I bet it was adorable, though. Well, yes, until the most racist thing ever happened to me, where um, I... So I had a solo, not even singing, just like a little acty bit where I got to be funny, which of course, I, the person I am, yes, please, sign me up. Uh, and the idea of the bit was that uh, when you bring your lunch as opposed to buy your lunch, the best thing is leftovers. Leftovers are better than like a sandwich. The right. best leftover is like a piece of chicken because uh, it's cold. You can eat it on bone. You don't need a knife and fork or whatever. Uh, and fried chicken is better than roast chicken. So I literally just had to sit on a stage by myself, wave a piece of fried chicken over my head, and yell, roast chicken boo, fried chicken yay, to an auditorium full of white adults. It was, and at the time, I was just getting laughed, so I didn't even know, I was like, what? Killing out here with this chicken shit. And then years later, I was like, oh, that's not, that's not good at all. Um, so that was my experience with place. Really weird uh, judgment call on the part of whatever adult to, was directing to put the, the like, play. Only, there was like maybe two black people in this play. Maybe give that part to somebody else. Yeah, maybe. that's yeah. so weird. Uh, um, all right, let's get let's okay. wrap up this episode. So, right. so we've got that. So Fanny and Mike's happening, but then also at this play. Michelle meets the director of the play, who is actually another uh, cameo from Gilmore Girls. He is uh, someone Lorelai dates who's in business with her father, and then it goes bad. But, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it I took me forever to place him. Actually, Maris pointed it out. I couldn't figure out who it was, and then Maris pointed it out to me. Um, there, in contrast to Mike and Fanny's relationship that felt so real and so grounded... This one, Fanny, I did laugh at Fanny. She, he's like, she's like, oh, I met the, when they come back after a play, she's like, oh, I met the director. He seemed nice. And Fanny's like, I can drive myself back if you want to go sleep with him. Right. <laughs> Which just made, I was like, just a little too blunt, but it made me laugh. Uh, she's like, no, what are you, crazy? I'm not going to sleep with this guy. I just met him. I just met him. He calls her the next night because some uh, for some flimsy excuse to be like hey why don't you come down and see the play again I've changed this stuff and you know we can get dinner after or whatever uh, cut to they've clearly just slept with each other they're in the hot hotel it's the only interaction we know and she's like uh, you know it's been a while for me this was nice and he's like yeah me too and they kind of this moment she's like well it's been since and she bursts into I'm doing air quotes tears because yeah. the, you know it was horrible crying act <laughs> Like, she keeps trying to cover her face so we yeah. can see she's not crying, but then you can't cover your face here on TV, so we just have to see you're not actually crying. Uh, and she has this full meltdown because the last time she slept with somebody was Hubble, and she didn't realize that she was really been in shock this whole time. She didn't know what shock was, and now all this emotion is rushing back to her, and she's crying. And to his credit, handles it as well, I think, as someone can in that situation. Like, right. I mean, that's an awkward position to be in. And, I, and he's not shitty about it. He doesn't try to, like... She's like, oh, I should go. He doesn't, like, try to rush out the door. He's like, oh, stay as long as you want. Maybe we talk about it or whatever. So I did think it could have been very easy to write that scene, like, way over the top awkward. And it's right. awkward. But, like, to have him be reasonable and have her just kind of have this moment, I thought they wrote it as well as you could. However, I don't believe you. Yeah. You've never shown anywhere near this much attachment or emotion to Hubble for me to buy this meltdown. Yeah, I didn't believe it either. Like, you you spent less than 48 hours or about now, 48 hours to be with fair, They had some, I don't want to say a romantic relationship, but they had some amount of a quote-unquote relationship in that when he would come to town, he would take her to dinner, he kind of bought her things. And granted, she always... She made it seem like, oh, I'm kind of this fucking guy again. Yeah. 
But there's also some amount of like she must have had at least kind of liked him to continue to have these meals with him and Although, continue to spend his time with him. I thought in the pilot it, they made it seem like um, she pushed him off on her friends because she just can't stand to be around him. Well, that and, one I think was because she had that audition and she had to go practice. I thought maybe, maybe I... Maybe it's a mix of both. Yeah, maybe I maybe my impression yeah i don't know i just i will say this you had a romantic relationship with this man for a day and a half let's call it let's call it two days yeah travel time included let's call it two days yeah and Uh, also and shock uh shock that's not what the word would be if mm -hmm. she for that denial maybe Yeah. yeah and also like yeah with when someone dies grief is weird and and uh but she's not grieving. She knew him f- she was involved with him for two days, right? And was seriously regretting coming there. And then I guess because he's good in, in bed, thing. they had yeah I guess. that made her think maybe I'll stay. What else have I got to do? It was kind of how it seemed. Yeah. And then he dies for sure. So yeah, her full meltdown felt so over the like so out of place. Yeah. But it didn't make sense. And I would almost appreciate it more if at some point she was honest and just said what you just said. Which was like, I didn't know him that well. I was kind of irresponsible. I made this uh, spur of the moment decision while drunk to marry him. And I just kind of went along because it was comfortable and I was in a transitional place in my life. I I liked Fanny. I liked the kids. I liked the town. I just kind of went with it. That would yeah. be an interesting thing for this character as opposed to us buying that she's suddenly so heartbroken about this man she barely knew. Yeah, I don't get it. And um... That being said, there's a line, there's a moment that I really like after this where after she comes back and she sees Fanny at the, at the they're about to do a rehearsal or whatever, and she tells Fanny, like, I just wanted to let you know that I was thinking of Hubble. And she goes, I, just, I was thinking of Hubble last night and I wanted you to know that. And, like, yeah. Fanny has this moment of, like, that's actually very nice to know that people... She goes, she's like, oh, I want to talk to you about Hubble. And she goes, Hubble? Like, she has this moment. And she's like, I, you know, I was thinking about him and I want you to know that. I That came across... I really just enjoyed that moment. Just Fanny's, like, even if she doesn't mean it, say a nice thing to this woman about yeah. her son. And it's nice. And, like, Fanny's reaction is really good. I just... I, that moment I felt, I felt was, like, very sweet. Yeah, that was a nice moment. It also reminds me, though, why isn't why isn't Fanny more visibly grieving after one episode? <laughs> I get you. I understand. She had her manic, crazy episode when she was planning the funeral. Yeah, you would think maybe Hubble would come up a little bit her, as her son. I kind of didn't even think about that, but it's very true. It's, yeah. The third relationship that is happening, or burgeoning, if you will, in this episode... Sasha is supposed to... It's show season, meaning over the summer they normally do a bunch of these shows. And they're fucking rinky-dink. They're mall openings and whatever. Right. Um, but always fan, um, Sasha and this guy Jordan, who we've never seen before, always do a Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers routine at one of these shows. But fucking Sasha is acting the fuck up. She shows up and she's got tan lines on her back. And that's against the fucking rules. Because right. you're not allowed to have be in the sun or whatever. And she's like, I just wanted to have some tan. I wanted to tan or whatever. So uh, Fanny says, well, you know what? You're not Ginger Rogers. Uh, Boo, you're going to do Ginger Rogers this year. It's supposed to be a warning. So Boo, uh, Jordan then doesn't also. Jordan's like, well, if, if Sasha's not doing it, I'm not doing it essentially. Because he only wants to dance with the best. Uh, so Boo gets a new partner named Carl. What do you think of Carl? I wrote, uh, oh no, I love Carl. <laughs> <laughs> that is, a, I feel like the about the right, uh, about the right reaction in that I also loved Carl, but I know from jump that boy's gonna get his heart broken. <laughs> like, and also, so here's what I thought was interesting with Carl. You can do that thing that almost like, uh, like Ducky, uh, Sixteen Candles, yeah. um, where like, oh, you're supposed like, 
shitty dudes will be like, oh, girls like bad boys, they, she should be with Ducky. No, she shouldn't fucking be with Ducky. She doesn't like Ducky. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ducky's kind of a pussy. She doesn't like Ducky. Uh, so I, for a minute I was like, oh, you could, they could take this Carl character in that direction. He's right. trying a little too hard. He's a little, coming on a little strong at the, like, oh, at the restaurant or whatever. But then also he has these sweet moments where, like, he's like, I gotta sell Ray Tonic. I know you like it. And she's like, oh, why did I, how do you know I like it? She's like, oh, I heard you mention it, like, a year ago, and I just remembered or whatever. And it's like, oh, so yeah. like, that's like a... That's that's like a sweet thing. It, it could be yeah. a stalker thing, but they play like he's genuinely seems nice enough that it comes across sweet. Yeah. Um. And immediately, almost immediately, here come Jenny and the other tall one. To that just made be me assholes. so mad. It made me so mad. <laughs> so Carl is being very sweet to Boo. Boo is clearly, very clearly. Responding, yeah, she's like, "Oh, this boy's nice to me," which none of the other boys she's into have been nice to her, right? right. Fucking Charlie treats her like shit. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's actually any other boys, but like, here's this boy who is genuinely sweet, genuinely cares about her interests, shares similar interests. They're both in the dance. They both love fucking Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Yeah, uh, he's like. Quick with a little quirky line, you know what I mean? He's doing and he's accents. He's cute. He's just short, but that's he's the whole cute. thing. Is he's just shorter than her. Yeah, but he is cute. And uh, they're supposed to perform, and she he tells Boo like, "Hey, after the rehearsal tonight, you want to come over? We'll watch uh, some Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movie. I don't remember." He's like, "I can make a lasagna. I can whip up a lasagna." Uh, she's like, you can whip up a lasagna. Like, oh yeah, my Jewish grandmother for some reason knows how to make lasagna. Like he's got all these little character yeah. traits that are nice. And here come fucking Jenny and the tall one, and they're like, hey, get it through your thick skull. She's your dance partner. She's not your girlfriend. She's not coming over to your house. Ugh. Set her straight, boo. And they call him a loser. Yeah, to his fucking face. Ugh. I was very upset. Like, yeah, it, I I didn't like it. Um, I'm hoping. That in the coming episodes, Boo, like, develops a spine that's too strong of a word, but, like, stands up for herself. Yeah. And is able to be like, no, I actually like this boy. He's nice and sweet. and Yeah. He can dance okay and whatever it is that he likes about her. Um, so hopefully we'll see more Carl. What we do see at the end, goth Sasha made me laugh <laughs> so hard. Uh, she shows up for the rehearsal. She's like dyed part of her hair blue. She's yeah. got like Doc Martens on. It's just so, and also like it made me laugh because like is that is that the Goth two thousand and two or whenever the show takes place or like I didn't know that like that felt like the girls I went to high school with. Like I felt right. like Amy Sherman Palladino has like a frame of reference and is trying to jam it into yeah like, the current day. Uh, but she shows up with this blue hair and Fanny is not having. Yeah. Um, that made me laugh. Uh, they also got in a bit of a fight. I kind of liked that fight because they were just both screaming over each other. And, like, that's how people fight. You know what I mean? Like, you don't just wait for the other person to say a thing and then reply. Which right. Which feels like it's so much of this show because it's about that snappy, quick yeah. dialogue, you know? That reminds me, when this is over, I will show you, if you haven't seen it, a video on Twitter of a French bulldog yelling while his person tries to talk to him. And he's yelling <laughs> over her the whole time. I like that. Um, all right, so where was I? So, yeah, so Sasha shows up, and she's clearly going through some shit because she's dyed her hair blue. She's real mad. And uh, they get in this fight, and she tells, she tells Fanny, fine, I, I, I want to do cheerleading this year anyway, and I can't do both. Uh, so Fanny kicks her out because cheerleading is like the worst thing you can say to Fanny for some reason. Yeah, that's uh, weird. And it ends with Sasha being kicked out of the class. I just, there was something about this episode, mostly the Mike and Fanny stuff, but the Carl and, and Boo stuff as well I liked. Yeah. Th this episode felt like the most grounded, that uh, other than Michelle's weird meltdown, everything else felt like real and here's some people having experiences like i just I, I liked it yeah i liked fanny and michael and i love carl and boo and i hope they get to get back together awesome this will be out thursday anything you want to plug thursday um i can't i'm going to the grocery store at some point <laughs> so catch her at central market if you're in austin <laughs> uh i will be at 
this Thursday, I'll be at the Brixton Comedy Hour Thursday night. I'm headlining that show. And then next week, I'm in L.A. doing a bunch of shows. I'm at UCB, and I'm uh, all over the place, so come check that out. And uh, those dates will be up on my website. They'll also be online on Facebook and Twitter. So check that out at Chris Cubis on all social media. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe, please, on iTunes. That really helps us out. Tell your friends. Uh, all the subscribe to the Patreon. We've been putting out a bunch of bonus episodes over there, so check those out. This has been super fun, and we will see you next week. <laughs>